Hello, everyone. It is the Ides of April, probably. Maybe a bit later. We'll see. I'm very busy this month. Uh, but it is April, and here's a podcast. Welcome to Trashback Ratio. I'm joined today by Destiny. Hello. Uh, Kyle. Good afternoon. Hello. And special guest, uh, Shannon Strucy. Strucy. Aha! I did it! We had a whole scene with me being worried about fucking up the name, and I fucked up the name. <laughs> uh, hello! Oh, hi! Sorry, I thought you were going to do the whole thing again. I didn't know I was waiting. No, I thought we were restarting. That's what I thought. But we don't have to. I don't, whatever, whatever. It's cool. No, no. Oh, no. No, I keep the goof in. It's, it gives personality. Everyone knows. Everyone knows by now. Uh, so how's, <laughs> how's everyone doing? How is everyone doing today? Doing well. Good. Pretty good. I'm recovering from having Ooh. four wisdom Ooh. teeth pulled. Ooh. Did you get Vicodin? Uh, yeah, but it doesn't work. Like, oh, girl, I, it made work. me a little sleepy. That... You know, no, I, I took it and it, it just, it made me a little sleepy and I was still in pain. And I was like, well, gee, I was all excited because I've never <laughs> had Vicodin before. Take some more. Take some and... more. <laughs> you gonna it... get me in trouble with my <laughs> dentist. <laughs> Actually, when when I got my wisdom teeth out, it just made, the Vicodin only made me sleepy, but it was nice. Uh, yeah, I, I have other stuff for that. I had codeine, and I napped through my first, like, once I got home, when I was supposed to take my next dose, and I woke up in, like, the worst pain of my life and ran downstairs and, like, chugged the codeine. Not, ch- I didn't oh, chug codeine, no. I chugged my dose Ooh. of the liquid codeine. Oh. <laughs> but, it, oh, that was, like, <laughs> awful. Oh, man. Yeah, no, so far it hasn't been terrible. It's uncomfortable, but, like, it's not... I don't know. I expect it to be in worse pain, so I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, I saw Mark Maron cool. yesterday in person. Yeah, we, we he did a show in Lincoln, and uh, me and M and a couple of friends went and saw him, and it was really fun. Oh, Mark Maron's really funny. Fun. Guy, you know? <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, he's a funny guy. No, I've I've been following Mark Maron since I was a middle schooler. I, I just I now him. started listening to he's his great. podcast like a couple a few weeks ago. Do you like it? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorite stand ups, and and that podcast is it's a special thing. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. Some are definitely better than others, but I'm never bored. That's true. I don't listen to all of them. I think I skip. I'm more likely to skip them if it's somebody that uh, musicians aren't as interesting to me Blah. as like it just depends. Like he had um, Kim Gordon on, and I love Kim Gordon, but like I don't know. Tom York was on once. I listened to that, but usually I skip them. I oh, you know, listened to the Tom York episode, but... did you? <laughs> well, of course I did. He's love of my life. I'm surprised. <laughs> and if he. What if he found out that I didn't listen? What would he say? <laughs> exactly. He'd be so ashamed of you. I'm rambling. Uh, How is that's, everybody that's else? Kyle. I'm I'm doing all right. I just walked like two miles to school to record this. Oof. Sorry. Oh my goodness. Uh, I feel like you're Getting always recording. That's fine. Uh, I feel it's like a nice walk. Yeah. It's my exercise. I feel like you're always recording <laughs> from somewhere different. Yep, yep, I'm a traveling mm-hmm. person, vagabond, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's, <clears throat> it is, I don't care if this gets out because I have so much contempt for the place that I'm interview- interviewing for, but right after, I'm going to interview for my school paper, and I think it's a garbage institution, a garbage, garbage place. Mm-hmm. But I want to Paris Geller it. 
I want to go in, want to have all these new ideas of how to reshape, rebrand the entire thing, hire new writers I can, you know, actually write without 15 typos in a single article. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I was just going to say, Kyle Turner, professional rebrander. It's you. <laughs> what you do maybe maybe and then i think i'm gonna go hang out afterwards but i'm doing i have a real person job to supplement my fake person job as well nice way uh has anyone seen any movies we usually do a little talk about movies we've seen before going into uh the discussion so who wants to go first here i just saw world of tomorrow last night is that good i liked it a lot it's only 16 minutes long um and it's really interesting and really endearing and cute and has a lot of cool sci-fi ideas and like weird animation and I'm trying to remember what I, we started watching a feature of his and I didn't finish it. Don yeah. Hertzfeld. Yeah, Don Hertzfeld. That's that movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, we, I got most of the way through. It's such a beautiful day, but I didn't finish it. I like that one a lot too. Although it was a lot, uh, I feel like world of tomorrow is a lot more accessible and lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're both. I remember what we were talking about. I was talking to my cousin about watching his animations, like maybe like ten years ago. His weird, and he's matured a whole bunch. Um, so yeah, World of Tomorrow is great. Very endearing little sci-fi thing. It's cool. Like I said, it's only like sixteen minutes long. That was okay. I have to check it out then. Oh, I like. I thought it was hysterical. I thought it was really funny. I don't like the little girl. Oh, I loved her. I thought she was really funny. I don't either, but I like fake children. I like. I like all of them. They're they're all pretty great, except when they're jerks. But like, weren't we all jerks? No, I was never a jerk. <laughs> You're a I lived liar. the jerkless life. <laughs> <laughs> you need to see a doctor. <laughs> uh, who? Uh, Destiny? What? Destiny? What did you? What? Hebler. Great hosting skills. I don't even know if I want to talk about it anymore. I'm like, you know, because it in like. The world of talking about movies, I feel like it's old hat, but we didn't talk about Batman versus Superman on this podcast. And um, I just, I don't even know if I care anymore. Like, I enjoyed it. It was a fun little setup to a Justice League movie, even though, like, Zack Snyder makes uh, superheroes bad. Like, what am I trying to say? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I don't like that Batman's all gross and fascist but in this movie <laughs> i thought he's super it fascist he's so yeah, such... it's the worst it's sad because i grew up loving batman you know mm-hmm. but i i loved this movie because i like the idea of old jaded batman not giving an f and uh the big dumb stupid things that uh he does because he's big dumb and stupid and also i thought it it didn't really okay. It didn't make up for Man of Steel, but it was a fitting sequel, and it was more entertaining. And uh, that Wonder Woman theme was the, it jam. Was the jam, and that's all I really Wonder have to Woman say was about. good. I, I, yeah, uh. definitely. I just thought I don't know. I thought the movie was like dumb fun, and the most comic booky of like the DC movies that have come out recently. Like, it felt... I don't know. It felt like a comic book, and you can't really say that about those, I feel like. No. Um, my my take on it is that uh, I thought it was a movie that advocated for a lot of really uh, 
not very nice things but mm-hmm. in the way oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it was really honest about that like i don't think marvel movies are any less fascist than the movies that uh or any yeah any less fascist than the oh really like so winter soldier uh w- so which is like winter, uh, I'm, <laughs> i have a real problem with winter soldier because it uh attempts and like fakes this idea of it's actually doing criticism but it's uh, of its own premise it kind of gets there but it can't quite do that because there's the bit at the end with black widow when they were like well why what makes shield culpable and you're still above the law and she's like because you need us uh like uh the marvel movies want to have their cake and eat it too and they in between winter soldier and um age of ultron their attempts to criticize their own values of fell oh, really I hate flat. it. I won't, I won't. Yeah. And now with Civil War, like the thing that Tony Stark is doing on all those trailers that is his bad guy turn is what if we were held accountable in some way? Uh and it seems just as, you know, uh harmful a thing as I would describe Batman v Superman as, but Batman v Superman wants to be that. It believes so much in its Randian bullshit, and part of me respects <laughs> that it is uh this singular vision, even if I find that vision awful. Uh. Yeah, that's kind of like I'm on the same page. Like I don't agree with anything like that it's trying to say, but at the same time, I was thoroughly entertained. <laughs> oh, I got bored, and I remember I a couple weeks ago I was talking to a couple of my friends who hadn't seen it yet. I was like, Batman brands people who are then murdered in prison. <laughs> Batman- this this yeah, movie was not for if you. I mean, I know uh, no none of the Marvel movies are like perfect. But if you're at, like comparing ideology, even like a failed attempt at like criticizing the NSA and stuff versus Batman brands people who are then murdered in prison, he, he's cool but with I like, that. I like how the movie doesn't actually say that he's doing a good thing though. Like it's not. Is it criticizing Batman him though? Totally. That. I don't. I don't. I don't see it as like condoning it. Like he. Essentially, like, the stuff that gets rolling in the plot is because, like, they're trying to point out to Batman, like, you're being a total hypocrite. And granted, Mm -hmm. he doesn't change, but, like, I just don't think that the movie is... I don't think it's condoning what he's doing. I think I just don't believe in Zack Snyder enough. (laughs) Oh. Well, that's totally valid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That that is a totally fine point. (laughs) Uh, what about you, Kyle? What have you seen recently? Um, I saw I wa- I rewatched Rugrats in Paris for the first time since yes! it came out. I think, and I have not seen. I had wow. I had I had very low expectations because I had relatively recently tried to watch the first Rugrats movie, and I couldn't really get through it because it was just. Um, you know, uninteresting and, and shallow on a level that I couldn't really get by. But Rugrats in Paris is just so much, so much more ambitious on every level, narratively, aesthetically, thematically. And I think it has this really, really interesting and crucial emotional core about the relationship, um, that a child has with its mother, uh, and the fact that Chucky Finster lacks that relationship and it's a missing piece in his life and i think that struck a chord with me and there's also some really interesting like um so tommy pickles father Stu, uh makes this 
reptile robot for this Japanese-themed amusement park in Paris. And so I thought there's this very interesting, like, transnational cultural appropriation capitalist stuff going on there. <laughs> I thought it was very, very interesting. But, yeah. And I also saw Candyman. And I like the idea that the biggest villain of all is a, is a supposed woke white person. <laughs> oh, man, that movie's great. I need to rewatch it. It's been so long. Mm-hmm. So good. So, so Yeah, long. but Rugrats in Paris, amazing. <laughs> it's It came out in 2000. I just looked it up. So it's 16 years old. Oh, my gosh. That's almost how old I am. <laughs> You're almost 16. <laughs> yeah. Rugrats in Paris was one of the first movies I saw in the theater. Uh, really? Uh, oh, Making well, me feel to be fair, old. my sister was going to the cinema a long time before I was because I was very I was scared of the cinema because when I was uh, younger, I, I was very I had a bad experience in an actual theater where some play day people came out and I ran out screaming because they were in weird costumes with lights and I was like no goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, and so like she would go to see uh, a, a bug's life and i'd be like i'm staying at home uh but eventually god those movies came out when i was in high school i think yep. what year did a bug's life come out bug's life was 98 i think uh, yeah 98 okay i was um i was about 12 uh, but yeah. <laughs> um the uh movie i saw uh on my trek to watch all the Wachowski movies for my project, uh, the one I want to talk about is Bound, which is the one I saw for the first time. The other ones I'd all seen. God, yes. ba- Bound's, Bound's <laughs> so good. Bound's the best. It's the best. It's the ho- it's the sexiest <laughs> movie. Almost like probably in the top five. I don't know what else is in there. Maybe we can talk about the that later. Movie I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it is entirely too horny on several levels. <laughs> <laughs> too much? No, 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 no. I was just that's it is when internet people like tweet horny, this is the what this is the movie they're describing. Um <laughs> oh, so it's good so though. Good. Oh, it's, oh, uh, oh. Yeah, no, I loved it. Um I'm just gonna make noises. Uh I really liked how uh it the like the way the film all built up to instead of uh, a final set piece that is filled with tension uh, just, it came out of this movie that was all built around tension and the final set piece is devoid of any and all tension and uh, danger because the way uh, that Violet's character basically ends that movie is it, she is one and the dude's like you're not going to shoot me now it's all over and she just shoots him she just shoots him in cold blood and it is the best like cheer, cheer out loud moment as it's like uh no, not needing to justify a reason to kill the man who has uh, like imprisoned her in this awful relationship for the last five years, mm-hmm. and it was this really refreshing moment of uh, you don't need to put a moment of jeopardy in that. Like the revenge is enough, and that catharsis is fine as an ending. And I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, uh, but I love that movie. Um, lots has been said about Bound as this really uh, interesting movie that says all these things and portrays these relationships in this way, and I'm. I'm a fan of it. Uh, I'm a fan of it. I like Bound a lot. <laughs> so I guess I guess those movies we did that quick because we have uh, a film that I know Carl's been wanting to talk about since. I, this is this movie <laughs> came out after the podcast started. I remember the the conversations back when. Uh, did it? It did. It was October 2014. Yeah. And we started okay. August 2014. 
Uh, okay. Because we we couldn't talk about it because Destiny and uh, M hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, I was. I remember I saw it three times in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I saw it once, uh, and uh, Destiny has seen it for the first time now, and. I just watched it a week ago, <laughs> two weeks ago, one yeah. of those times. And Shannon saw it, I assume, in the cinema and has rewatched part of it due to a, a scheduling fuck up on my behalf. <laughs> I have seen it one and a half Hey! Times. Uh, and the movie we are talking about <laughs> is Gone Girl. Uh, David Fincher joint from 2014. It's not a joint. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at David Fincher, <laughs> David Fincher joint. Fincher joint. Oh, man. Yeah. That is I funny. use that as just general slang, but you know it's weird. Don't don't. I know, take that I know. It's Spike rude Lee. of me. Honestly, I'd rather see. I want to see Spike Lee's Gone Girl. Fuck right. Oh, oh man, oh, that would be yeah. a hot fire of weirdness. <laughs> that would be, be a movie. That. The shit out of that. Let's do a um, five obstruction style challenge and just ask directors we like to remake Gone Girl. <laughs> I'll be down for that. I want to see Edgar Wright's Gone Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's Gone oh, That girl. I do not want to see. Mark Bergman's <laughs> gone, girl. gone Girl. Oh Richard my god. Gone Girl. Claire Denis is Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Stephen Chow's Gone Girl. Jean, <laughs> Jean Genet's Gone Girl. I'm in my mind of Stephen Chow's Gone Girl. They would all be so wonderful. Why don't we have the money to make this happen? Who's Stephen Chow? Zack Snyder's Gone Girl. Troy Duffy's Gone Girl. <laughs> so, we're now putting off actually talking about Gone Girl. Because uh, there are lines on this podcast that have been established before. But I don't want this to be an, a super really? argumentative podcast. I want this to be mostly discussive. Are you sure we're gonna argue? No, I'm just like, like saying ahead of time that I don't I thought... want this. don't want that. I could easily get heated, and I'm not oh. interested in that. All right, what are we gonna, we're gonna do? Chat. We're just gonna we're just gonna chat. Uh, I know Kyle really likes Gone Girl, so I'm gonna let Kyle go first. Oh, please don't down. make me go first. I okay. want to hear what M has I'm... to say. <laughs> um, I do not have the written statement. Oh yeah, okay. I can try to speak for M, but I. I... <laughs> Uh, I can say what they sent me immediately upon finishing the movie in Slack, which was, sure. um, if you knowingly make me watch a movie this bad again, I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> 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 uh, that's a bummer. Uh, and then I felt very guilty. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, it's not a reflection on you. It's a movie. <laughs> movies are subjective. Oh, no. I, I, I hated Gone Girl, and I'm still saying movies are subjective. Yeah, uh, they, were, they, were, they were mostly goofing on me. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, no, they they were not a fan. They were not a fan, uh, I, largely due to the complaints I'll be bringing up. I guess uh, I don't know about Shannon, but uh, Destiny I know finds it a bit a little uh, uh, better. I have a mixed big yeah, mixed, mixed bag, mixed uh, so mm-hmm. mixed bag, and I'm I'm okay with that. If Carl doesn't want to go first, who does? I can go first. Go ahead, Shannon. What are your opinions on Gun Girl? The... Oh, uh... should we summarize the movie first? <laughs> Like as a plot, we can't thing. really go that far because of, <laughs> I don't know how far I mean, we want to go in terms of summarizing. We're gonna com- because we're gonna like, completely spoil the, it. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, the problem with summarizing Gone Girls because it's so it, that part of it is so contingent on that um, second act, second act twist. Uh, sure, but I'll, but I thought that if you're listening to this, the assumption is you've seen the film. I, know. I think Carl just means presenting it as like a premise. Uh, 
Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. But the, the premise is uh, Ben Affleck stars as Nick Dunn, uh, who is... <laughs> is that right, Nick Dunn? Did I say it wrong? Yeah. No, I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at Ben Affleck is the premise. Go on. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm really sleepy. I'd watch Ben Affleck is the premise. <laughs> Um, uh, ben Affleck is Nick Dunn is a uh, writer who has moved, been let go of his job and moved to the town in which he grew up uh, with his wife Emily no Elliot right no Amy Amy Amy, Amy. amazing the, Amy I was like why do, why is Elliot in my head is a- Amy Elliot is her um, original name Amy, now Amy Dunn uh, and mm-hmm. comes home one day to find to find out that she is gone and the rest of the movie evolves from there shall we say uh which if you've seen it you'll know and if you haven't seen it we're about to spoil everything that happens uh so shannon go ahead what do you think of gone girl um i know when i first saw it like i'm walking out of the theater with my friends and i i mean i'm not a very negative person with movies i don't take a lot of joy in being in like putting stuff down or being like i'm better than you because you like that and you're you know but i was such a debbie downer because i was just like to me, this movie has every, like, misogynistic myth about women, every, like, fear about women, every, like, MRA, like, nonsense thing about, like, well, you know, women are just going to lie and say that you raped them and they're going to steal your sperm and impregnate themselves and all this stuff. And I felt like I I love the idea of a female villain and a female villain that goes really hard, but I wish it had been done in a way um that wasn't contingent upon so much misogyny and it just like made me feel sick and bothered me. Um, and that was my, that's a, I mean, that's a really quick, there's, there's a lot more too. I mean, there's a lot of things I like about it too. And it's a lot more complicated yeah. than that. We'll get into it. But if, if you, if, if anyone talks to me about gone girl, that's like the first thing I say about mm-hmm. it. So, uh, destiny. I agree with yep. Shannon. Um, it was like, it, uh, I, I'm not going to repeat what she just said. She said it, but um, wh- where I differ is I couldn't stop laughing after the twist was revealed. I was cracking up. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Oh, okay, you didn't know, like did you? no. Well, I had an idea because you know it was one of those things where news cases would happen in real life, and they'd go, "Is this a real life girl?" <laughs> so I kind of had an idea. Um, but like I think what made it. Like, what saved it from being completely dismal and uh, upsetting for me was just the fact that the performances, especially um, the actress who plays Amy. Yeah, Rosamund Pike. Is, yes, Rosamund, Rosamund uh, Pike. I love her. She's playing that character so over the top and <laughs> so just calculatedly, um, almost cartoonishly evil, like mush, mustache twirlingly evil. <laughs> That it was almost kind of fun to watch her, and I had to roll my eyes because there's a scene right when the twist is revealed where she's like driving away and she's giving her reasons in this monologue as to why she's doing what she's doing, and I think the writing is supposed to make you go, "Oh, good for her," and applaud <laughs> her, like, "Yeah, girl, you're," but like no real person would ever. <laughs> what are you kidding me? So like, I, I, I uh. I kept laughing because it just felt like, uh, like I keep telling everyone, it felt like a Lifetime movie on steroids. Where it does, yeah. It, yeah, you just take these cartoon characters, you rank them up to, you ramp them up to eleven, and you just make them go. And like, <laughs> what's funny is the first half of the film is actually like a well done, 
if not a little eye-rolly, like, if you like psychological thrillers, it's actually kind of, like, at least entertaining. Um, the parts that irked me were, like, these weird, unrealistic expectations of what these people wanted out of their marriage. Like, if I spent half the time making my relationship as magical and as, uh ridiculous as these people oh we gotta do a scavenger hunt oh we gotta have sex in bookstores and mm, everything's gotta be perfect all the time and mm, like oh my god if my if i had to do all of that i would never get anything done and of course i would resent my partner like that blew my mind the fact that people like look at this movie and see it as like a serious examination of anything also blows my mind because it's way too silly in my eyes now i feel and i understand like Oh, no, well, I mean, feel I was, don't feel bad at all. You're in, like totally entitled to your opinion. I just thought the movie was like, I didn't dislike it, but I also didn't. Uh, I thought I was going to hate it. And, and at least I was entertained. Like, I don't know if I could watch it again. Everybody wants me to read the book in my friend circle. So I probably will do that. Just, I don't know, to, to like placate them. But I just... I I think if you think marriage is this, then you're just gonna set yourself up for unhappiness. Uh-huh. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, for me, I thought there are, uh, yeah, Jackson. I thought there were three, re- like the three movies in Gone Girl that were great, but it it didn't want to be any of those movies. And those three movies are one, uh, the movie in which uh, Amazing Amy is set up deliberately to be the like. Uh, example of all these misogynistic fears like the idea of a movie in which uh, there's probably be no not directed by david fincher uh in which there's a character who goes these myths are placed on uh women all the time what if i just became that monster and fought back like that that is an idea that could work in a movie yeah like a, a more self-aware yeah. uh Yes. And it, it totally isn't that, but it's it's like it's there, it's right there. You can see it, uh, and it doesn't really go that direction. Um, the uh, the other movie that I think it could be uh, that is great is everything to do with Tyler Perry as someone who walks in and goes, "What the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> who is the <laughs> he's he so delight. Good. He's the only character who seems to realize that this uh, entire story is complete and utter bullshit, and goes, "Yeah, sure, whatever the fuck, come along, come along." And and um, uh, his plot lines were really good, uh, but the the movie that is the closest to the movie it wants to be, um, which is this film about the way relationships impact each other and the the way uh, that we place these un, un unrealistic expectations on each other and get caught up with resentment and all that stuff, totally exists. It's just nothing to do with the marriage. It's all in the relationship between uh, Nick and Margot. That's the sister, right? Yeah, sister. because if this yeah. movie was set from Margot's perspective, then you have this movie about uh, your your brother who comes in with this, like, his disaster fucking marriage puts it all on you, but you have to stay with him because your dad's in the hospital and your mom's just died, and what are you going to do with that? And then he turns out to be cheating on someone, and then she turns out to be, like, a, a supervillain. <laughs> and then at the end, <laughs> he just leaves back to her to, like because it's easy and you've been put through the ringer and support for nothing like margot's story totally supports all the themes this movie wants to say but the movie doesn't realize uh that (laughs) her character can be that and some of it's there uh in the the final scene with her and nick she like breaks down you can tell they like kind of get it but it didn't center her in the way that i would have uh if if they had made that structural change i think this movie would have been great uh but no instead Mm -hmm. i I feel i i feel more on uh 
uh, Shannon inside in terms of finding it. This this uh, thing that doesn't get to say the things it wants to say. Because ultimately, I, I think that it is a two and a half hour mountain goat song that isn't really <laughs> as good as a mountain goat song. Uh, which is I where I go. I understand that reference. They do lots of songs about marriage and resentment. <laughs> um, that is like their whole jam. Uh, and I, I wish it was, and like Destiny, I wish it was goofier because then it wouldn't have had to tr- like try to be important because I don't think the insights oh, that it was saying were that, that um, revelatory. Sure. I, oh, sorry. I just want to say the one thing I will kind of applaud it for was like the stuff about the media and how we perceive the people involved in these sorts of stories. Oh, yeah, that's that great. Probably, yeah. yeah, that's probably my favorite angle of the entire film next to like the campy mm-hmm. bits. Uh, so, Kyle, what are, I know you are the defender here. Sorry that we went this order. I didn't know this was going to happen, <laughs> Kyle. Um, well, I, I very much love this film. It's one of my favorites of the maybe last decade or so. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the angle that I tend to be most interested in is this idea of of um, performativity within relationships. Um, that not only do we... Uh, place expectations on on partners and, and people in our lives we but there are specific roles that they have to play um everyone like cites that cool girl um monologue but i think that as interesting as that is what i'm i'm actually more interested in um uh, ben affleck's character and that he tries so hard to not be complicit in all the things wrong that went in, in his relationship and then at the very end when he slams amy's head against the the wall it's like he is a self-fulfilling prophecy he is um buying into the very role that that he both set up for himself and amy set up for him and the same thing goes for amy i think there's this really interesting um exchange of power between those two and watching that is really really interesting and i don't agree that it's that the film is not self-aware because so much of the first act when you're watching these flashbacks to um to earlier sections in their relationship the the line deliveries are so arch and artificial. There's there's like this very tangible artifice in in all of their actions and all of their line readings, and it sounds ridiculous. And it does feel like a lifetime movie on steroids. And that's what I think is that's what I really like about it. Like it's 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 fake relationships. The way that we navigate them and mm. that we expect to navigate them, like. I agree with Destiny that to expect anything like this from from your marriage or from your relationship is totally ridiculous. And I think it is totally in on that game because it sees these two people as um, archetypes in in some regard for for a projected and constructed version of what an ideal relationship is. And then once once it all crumbles, you see how awful and terrible everything in their relationship is and how awful and terrible those people are. That being said, I'm definitely team Amy. I do think there is some self-awareness in terms of the way that it plays with those. Yes, I am aware that I am the, the cis male arguing for team Amy <laughs> and I apologize, but I do think that there is some self-awareness with regards to playing on these misogynistic archetypes. And the problem, see the problem that I find with, with this film because um, I don't think it's perfect, is that not everyone is going to take away from the way that Amy is is subverting and, and playing with those um, misogynistic archetypes. Like, a lot of people, or, or maybe even most people, will just take them at face value as as the thing that um, 
basically is the embodiment of all MRA fear. But mm-hmm. I would I would like to think that there is enough textual evidence to suggest that it is cognizant of those ideas and it is cognizant of the way that it is um, manipulating those ideas. And I also like this idea. I guess I just... I also like this... Sorry, sorry, the the last thing. I also like the way that it shows kind of this um, continuous narrativizing of our lives. Like, there's a very um, particular way in which each character narrativizes the role that they had within the relationship, the role that they had in the entire scenario. And that's juxtaposed on a personal level with a a more political level on the the television and media, um, I guess, platform. So... Yes, I like this film a lot. It's also just slick as fuck. I guess. It looks oh, great. Yeah. That's David Fincher's way, though. Uh. I was gonna say that I don't get where she's so subversive about those things. That's where I have a hard time with Amy as a character. Like, on some level... Like, because, I mean, they don't even try... I, I don't know, like, it all just seems to be washed away with, she's just crazy, and I, I don't Yeah, really Margo get... literally calls her a crazy bitch, and I was like, okay. Yeah, like, where's <laughs> the subversion? Where's the fun? Where's the, that, that's kind of like, it's, okay, does anybody here, is anybody here familiar with the L word? Me, uh, sort I, of. I haven't I watched of it, it, but I haven't seen it. Oh, okay, I was gonna say, like, there's this character, Jenny Schechter, who's kind of a, like, just the worst, and in a way like a like a weird subversive hero in, in a way but anyway uh that's a whole nother story um but yeah i just i don't know kyle i just i don't see where it's like it's hard not to take it at face value i guess and i don't um i guess i just don't see where the subversion comes in of those things i uh, i had a thought in my head and then i just i just lost it um, okay, now I remember. I don't think okay. I do not think she's crazy. I think we, so I why, think in in this on. particular world that David Fincher and Jillian Flynn has have constructed, they live in um kind of they live in a in a film noir movie in a way or a lifetime movie. So I think if I liked, I would like to read her as reclaiming a certain amount of power that was taken away from her, even if the means that she did it are unconventional i think the the thing that she does within this very strange heightened world is on par with what he does to her um i don't I guess really i would be more inclined to agree is if like i guess my thing is like all of that stuff she had a choice in like if she was so unhappy with the things that she ended up doing, like, I just don't understand why she wouldn't have left in the first place. And maybe that's just me putting real life expectations on it. Cause when she was complaining about, um, like giving him money or like this and that, and I'm just like, well, if you were so unhappy having to put up this cool girlfriend, just, um, the (laughs) thing I would say on this line is, uh, the, the movie opens and closes with that shot of her lying on the bed with, Ben Affleck's giving a voiceover and it's like who are you what are, what's going on in your head and it the movie throughout explicitly positions uh 
her as a puzzle and Ben Affleck as someone who is understood. So her actions read as something to be solved, whereas Ben Affleck's actions read as things we understand because we are given context for them. And I don't what, agree. Uh, Sorry, go there's on. like an attempt. I think by the time you the, reach, the see, twist. I I have I agree with Jackson, and it, we all swim yeah. at the same time, so everybody has to go. <laughs> 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 um, uh, Shannon, what did you say? Um, I'd say after the twist in the film, I understand her motivation, and I understand. I mean, we're <laughs> a lot of the. Fil- I mean, uh, a lot of the films from her point of view, and like everything that then the cat and mouse game that they start having, you understand her motivation and her. I don't think that she's that. And the whole first half of the movie, um, at least the first time I watched it, I had no idea if, if Ben Affleck had actually killed her or not. And I'm trying to figure out his, and I, I mean, you were presented with a false version of her, but I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, in, in that. I, I don't get how, I guess my thing is, if she's reclaiming something, then why is she suicidal the whole time? Like, suicidal? I, there's nothing empowering she's, about. Yeah, like she's planning to kill herself. She's, she's planning like, to kill herself he's to get find him my back. body. Well, to destroy him. Yeah, I. W- yeah, it's gonna destroy him, but she ends up dead, so she doesn't get anything out of it. So I just, I don't. I don't um, know. I think she gets the knowledge that she ruined his life, but I would, I would. I would argue that the opening and closing shots of the film are from Ben Affleck's perspective, but the entire film is in her head. Not in a like a weird mm-hmm. boor, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off conspiracy theory thing, but I think it... Oh, no, I, I get what you mean. <laughs> but I think it positions itself as a way for her to play with audience expectations and to narrat- narrativize their relationship from both ends. Um, and therefore, that's why the means that she takes versus the ones that he takes to kind of reconcile with the issues in their relationship are so um, jarring and discordant. Like, she's, I think she would like to imagine herself as this villain mm-hmm. um, that capitalizes me, and commodifies on these particular archetypes and, and misogynistic ideas. Uh, for me, a lot of it also comes down to uh, Rosamund Pike's performance, which I really thought was... Uh, not very good in terms of at Ugh. least how it was pre- presented. No, no, okay, hear me out. Uh, it felt like <laughs> the performance was so robotic and like weird and inhuman in terms of how her mannerisms were. It was like instead of presenting her as a real person who can be understood, it, like that is why I think she is consistently, whenever she's in frame, she is presented as a puzzle to solve because her mannerisms are so different to what we expect as like normalized mannerisms. That's what uh, Destiny was talking about with her just seeming like this ludicrous villain all the time, mustache twirling, because that's, that's how she plays it. And I don't think this is anything to do with uh, Rosamund Pike. I think uh, she plays within the weird uh, world of the movie really well. I think it's entirely to do with how David Fincher presents the character. Uh, and uh, so I, I totally came away with thinking that like at the end when she comes back you are meant to be confused as to why she's come back you're not meant to be like oh that's why she's done that to me at least uh i understood why she came back i I, like i understood it but you're meant i felt like i was being positioned entirely with ben affleck's like oh god what the fuck do i do i've been like kind of beaten but kind of not i don't have a way out like you're meant to feel trapped like ben affleck and not feel on her side not Mm -hmm. victorious that she has trapped him Uh, uh yeah, I don't know. I think what I, another thing that I like about this film is that it is polarizing. I think 
either way could be read because like i don't understand ben affleck's character i think he's an asshole i think he's a so, so do i Oh, he totally I is. Like he's, he's not, not like, like a hero, his motivations for anything. No. Like I understand a- his motivations are he's emasculated because she owns my bar oh. and then I cheated on oh. Well, yeah, I, mean, I get, I get that, but I, I'm just saying in the similar way that that Jackson does not under does not necessarily understand the motivations for why Amy does certain things. I don't understand the certain motivations why uh, uh, Nick does certain things. Other than kind of that defensive like masculinity thing. thing, which I find oh, deeply well, uninteresting. Well, That's yeah, annoying. but I think that putting them up against one another is kind of the point. But I also don't like, I don't know, I'm kind of over battle of the sexes as a plot no. point because boo, gender that, binary. That, There's um, a reason. And it plays into the, yeah, the, to me, the misogyny of the movie that he's threatened and emasculated by her. And then yes. she gives him all these reasons to be threatened. She pretends that she's raped mm. and she steals his sperm yes. and does all these things evil women do. Yeah, that's the other. Like, exactly. Yep. You don't even. I don't have yep. to say anymore. Because <laughs> uh. she's scary. Because women are scary. Yeah. I, I, they'd be so threatened. scary. Especially women with any kind of uh, power or money are scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that I, like, understand innately Ben Affleck's character or anything. I'm just saying that he's positioned as. Uh, the he's made. Of, he's meant to be as the yeah, relatable the, one in the movie. The, like, character I actually lo- the character I actually locked onto was Margot, uh, who is the only <laughs> normal person there. Uh, well, outside of like in the detective. Bony. Oh, I love the detective I like a lot. Too, and I felt bad for her. Oh yeah, yeah. The she's little great. asides with the detective and her partner are really good. That was like something out of a Coen's <laughs> movie. That was a it trip. Is. It was like him being like, oh, he clearly did it. He clearly did it." <laughs> Should I know my wife's blood type? <laughs> I don't even know my that own. stuff was good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I wish, like you say about it being kind of like a Coen's Brothers movie, but I wish there was more specificity to the town um, that they were in. Because uh, it makes such a big deal of them being moving to this small town area, but I never felt like I understood the town itself. I like the the pregnant neighbor lady. I feel like she represented a lot of. She was time. good. I loved her. She I live. Good. She's so funny. I live in. Oh, sorry. I'm talking to folks, but I live in Omaha, Nebraska, which is pretty close to St. Louis, Missouri. Like you can drive down there pretty easily. Been there many times, so they're not very different. Well, I mean, they're different in a lot of ways, but like, yeah, the that pregnant neighbor lady is everywhere <laughs> she is universal and she is true <laughs> and and she's probably the realest thing in that movie <laughs> and uh what's that actress's name casey wilson is that mm-hmm. her name I think so. uh, she's on saturday night live so no she, she uh i think she's oh, on okay. happy endings i like her oh okay yeah she's flipping great and uh yeah that I don't know. Like I said, there's so many things I actually really enjoyed. Like, I don't want to come across as, like, totally not... Like, I, I like a lot of your points, Kyle. I just... I disagree with the overall one about Amy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I can't say this was a boring movie by any definition of the word. Like, I, I really was entertained. Neil Patrick Harris is so scary in this and laughably weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could kind of see where the movie was going as soon as she got to his house. Uh, so that was uh, also 
that one was of the nice like ludicrous have. plot points in this movie that i wish was played up more uh in a self-aware way is her going to his house and his house being his second house being a future <laughs> magic building of security and technology and just like a paradise of nonsense and like just coming up as oh he has this that was great that was great yeah yeah, the way that movie makes the Midwest look <laughs> and the way it makes, like, I mean, like, it, it, it does a really good job with a lot of things. I just wish that it presented its ideas in a way that was eh, not so offensive to my sensibilities. But at the same time, uh, I think a messy movie is automatically better than one that, like, I, I'm glad I wasn't bored. I really glad. And we haven't even mentioned the chicken Frito pie lady who gets a selfie with him. I thought she was funny too. Mm-hmm. Who like oh, comes up and... at the press conference or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, hey! And that happens all the time. You'll see Nancy Grace go like, why is he smiling? He's wanted... <laughs> He might be a suspect in this murder case. And I like see that all the time on the news. And it was really funny that they worked that into the mm-hmm. film. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. That, there was a lot of that for me. Like, oh, that happens on the news. That's great. And I loved all of well that done. too. Yeah, and that that made Ben Affleck even more relatable, unfortunately, uh, in my eyes, just having those little faux pas moments, because I could totally see myself getting mixed up in some horrible murder case, not actually, (laughs) but you know what I mean, and then, like, Mm -hmm. smiling too hard at pictures or something. Yeah, it was was that (laughs) stuff as well that made Ben Affleck, like, the everyman type character, in a way that uh, Amy was never allowed to be. Um, and yeah, I no. feel like she was not relatable because I could at never, I, I would never have assumed that Ben Affleck uh, did the murder because of just how much they were laying on thick. But like, I've just stumbled into blah blah blah. Um, I would have believed it. He seems like a terrible on? person to me. He 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 is. He's I a, believed it. I didn't know the first time I watched it. But Ben Affleck is too much of an idiot to commit any kind of murder. Um. Like, from minute one, he is the biggest idiot. And then, like, the reveal that and he's uh, sleeping with his student, I, it was eye-rollingly. Like, really? You going there? Oh, I was... Sure. I went full-on Lifetime yeah. viewer. I was yelling at the TV, like, your wife is missing! They gotta see. You get it! Why would you do... In your sister's house? In your si-? And, like, I turned to Em, and I'm like, I hate him. Like, the I part, turned into a total The part where not only mark. has he been doing that, but then he proceeds to have sex in his sister's house. Made me so mad. Like, like I was like his, like I was his friend or something. Like, so upset. I was rooting for you. So. Yes, exactly. I was rooting for you. Like, totally ridiculous. I think, I think Emma even, Emma even laughed at me, I think, at my reaction. Because, like, I w- reacted so viscerally to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never do that. I'd also never have sex in a bookstore, but I would do it in a library. <laughs> I would do it anywhere there are books. Books are sexy. <laughs> I just uh my exa- using that as an example is just like dumb unrealistic. I have been I just think like Oh, yes. I I was just going to say, go say I have been present for someone else having sex in a bookstore. <laughs> oh. I was just sitting next to them. Awkward. Wait, while they were doing it? Jeez. Oh, that's terrible. It How wasn't rude. just me. It was it was Nathan and this girl were getting together, and then me and Gareth were sitting around the table. And me and Gareth just looking at each other like, "Hey, were you at school?" No, nope, this was in Kingston, in the bookstore, in Borders, upstairs. Oh my gosh! I like how you name names and ah. stuff. 
no one's going to find out what their last names are. No one listens to this podcast. <laughs> anyway, yeah, carry on. But yeah, no. I could never find like a, spe- a space in a bookstore where one could have sex. It's easier in a library. I don't... Yeah, I think library actually would be easier. Less people I mean, in we there. Ar- you can go into the uh, microfiche. We were sitting around the table, so she was just on her on his lap. And, like, kind of under the table, because we were... We were, like, 14, by the way. Oh, my. Uh, oh, wow. This, we were very... Me and me and Gareth were not, were not very comfortable in this moment. <laughs> I never... I definitely I would have been like, oh, bye, guys. I, yeah, I, I, I left. Know. I left. <laughs> I, did, I did leave. I was like, all right. Goodbye. You enjoy that, and I think they went and found a toilet or something. I don't know. Anyway, I never gone understood girl. how I never understood how my high school <coughs> peers had sex. I always felt like we had too much homework to do. Poorly. That. Um, we just like I had a really uh, trusting mother who would just drop me off at my uh, high school boyfriend's house on the weekends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I wish. I, I wish I could like invest that much trust and in, and innocence in other people. That's what happens when you're the good oldest child. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to Gone Cow. <laughs> I don't know if Do I have anything else to We might say. have finished that. That may be the key, right? I kind of just wanted to talk about good, sexy movies because you mentioned Bound yeah, earlier. We can go down that route uh, for the topic for the last little bit of this podcast what since you brought it up what are the good sexy movies oh gosh <laughs> um the good sexy movies with destiny's <laughs> tournament <laughs> um, <laughs> well that one's definitely up there because the seduction in that movie is it happens really fast and really slow simultaneously does that make any yeah, sense to you yeah, it does. <laughs> like yeah like uh, um and let me try to think. Did anybody see that movie? I, I might be wrong in this, but I remember having a a reaction to uh, one of the scenes in the movie Closer with um oh goodness, what's her face? Natalie Portman. I've not seen that. I don't remember anything. I saw about part of it. Is that the one? I think if I'm thinking of the right movie, uh, when I was a teenager, I was super into Panic at the Disco, and a lot of their song titles were directly from lines from that movie. And then it was like <laughs> 5 a.m., I'm at a hotel, I'm like up alone, and then the movie's on, I don't really know what it is, and then they're saying these things like, lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off, and I was just like, what is happening? I know that song. Like, is this yeah. real? That's, that's from Closer. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's a great strip club scene with Nally Portman and Jude Law that's uh at least in sexy scenes I don't know if that movie would count as sexy I barely remember it I saw it ages ago back when I had to rent it at a blockbuster (laughs) um (laughs) I really am fond of uh like Bonnie and Clyde style runaway couple narratives so Greg Araki's The Living End is Really, it's messed up, but I I find it very sexy. <laughs> um, I don't know. Other people can go. I think um, strictly ballroom. Certain scenes of that are really sexy. Um, Xavier Dolan's Tom at the Farm and Heartbeats are really sexy. Um, in the mood for love. I think. 
Oh, In the Mood for Love, definitely. That whole movie, you're just like, why isn't everyone kissing? <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? I am, I'm really into The Lobster. Oh my god. I need to watch that. I've never seen it. That is one of the best movies I've ever... It immediately went on my top ten of the decade. Yeah. I saw it once and I was like, oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever seen. I love that Uh, movie. Ben Wishaw. Be still my beating heart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... Someday I'll see it. Those are off off the top of my head. Um, I guess I should talk about... Well, um... Let's see. There was this... What movie did I just say before Kyle started talking? Because I was going to go into more detail. Oh, but no, I'm sorry. Eh, it's gone. I lost it. No, 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 no. It wasn't your fault. It was my own brain. Like, my brain is moving faster than my mouth. Oh, Weekend. Um, Andrew Haig. Oh, hey, yes. Totally. I guess I'm just into movies with slow seduction scenes or something. This is not a surprising fact. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Shannon, what about you? I'm like looking at my letterbox. <laughs> so am I. My highest so rated am movie. I. <laughs> and I'm like, none of these are sexy. Yep. I don't know what. I'm like, it's like Heather's Evil Dead 2. <laughs> High and low. Yep. 400 blows is not a sexy yep. movie. Did when I do it, it is. Mama Tambien was sexy. <laughs> I still haven't seen Tu Mama Tambien. Okay. Because that was a big one for me in high school. Like, there's so many scenes in that movie. I just I recall fondly. Let's just say, <laughs> I did when I watched all the presidents men. I was like, there's something going on. Between all the presidents men fucking. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely, if one of them was female, they would have had a love story. It's a travesty that that movie's been. I was on a different podcast and I spent a lot of time talking about the homoeroticism of. Uh, all the president's mm-hmm. men. That's all I've got. That's right awesome. Now. Boogie Nights isn't even sexy, and it's about porn. <laughs> That's true. It's an unsexy movie about porn. Boogie Nights is just a friendship movie, <laughs> and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's so sad. Yeah. But it, yeah. yeah. Oh God, I love Boogie Nights. I don't have many. I don't have many stuff to contribute here. I feel like I don't. I don't know. I don't seek out sexy movies that much. Um, I don't I either. Used to. <laughs> I feel like the kind of it just says a lot about the kind of teenager. Yeah, I was, I was never that kind of teen. I was uh, going through my own stuff in different ways. Um, so you were too busy having sex to watch no, sexy movies. No, all that's not, that is the <laughs> no, that's the part where you go, yes, yes, I was, and then you just <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly what happened in my life. That's <laughs> 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 um, so why I feel bad. That I don't really have good examples here. No. But, I don't feel bad. I, it was kind of just me throwing it out there because you mentioned Bound, and I just I I, I love that yep. movie. That That's is all. Yeah, that that counts. Bound counts. But that was a gold mine is kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was another one from high school. I thought was super sexy. I used to always love the scene where um, the Christian Bale and uh, Ian McGregor hook up, and he winks at him. Would you think less of me if I told you I thought Nymphomaniac was kind of sexy? I've never seen, seen it. I still haven't seen it. I would not think less of you, though. I'm waiting for the right time. Why would we judge you? This is a safe space. <laughs> we only judge you when you get all snotty about superhero <laughs> movies. I didn't say anything this I've decided time. officially. I know it was great. It was really big of you. We're so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly I'm kidding. 
Um, yeah, I feel like I, like pretty much everything I watched because somebody cute was in it from high school counts, like uh, Match Point and uh, I don't know movies. See, I, I did that, movies. but I I had a crush on like Bruce Campbell and Vincent D'Onofrio, and they like didn't get any in the really sexy movies. They were in like weird stuff that I watched anyway. My like, oh. high school crushes were like Joseph Gordon Lovett and Michael Pitt and Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> what else? Yours were a lot, yeah, mine were a lot weirder. What about Mysterious Skin? <laughs> is that a sexy movie or is that weird to think of? It was for me, <laughs> but not, like, that's, it sounds wrong, yeah. but the parts that aren't supposed to be sexy, don't worry, they weren't sexy for me. <laughs> but, you know, Joseph Gordon Lovett, he's a dreamboat. Like, He's got those dreamy eyes, and Brady Corbett ain't so bad to look uh, at either. I was so I can... in love with Brady Corbett. Oh, yes. And then Funny Games ruined it for me, because he's terrifying in that. <laughs> I can tell you the least sexy movie, which but... I watched this weekend, the least sexy movie is The Matrix Related. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, like, Grown Ups 2. No, nope. like, nope, it's for me the, least the Matrix Related, movie. in which Neo has to, like... Kiss some, uh, kiss Monica Bellucci to prove his true love to Trinity, and in doing so, takes off his sunglasses in a most dramatic fashion, and then engages in the least sexy kiss ever put to screen. Fuck, oh that movie's a good time, but it's not very good. I need to uh, rewatch. I'm trying to think of some older movies. I need to rewatch Party Monster. Um, I didn't think that movie was sexy, but I like it a lot, just in general. It's it's a good time. So that's another favorite from high school. I read that book a ton when I was younger, over and over. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird how into that I was. That's all right. Um. Oh, I had one more, and then I lost. It. Oh, older movies. Uh, we saw uh, Ria and I. We saw this movie Gun Crazy from about yes forty two or so. Yes, when the protagonist first meets the girl he ends up marrying that whole time i was like man this is a sexy movie for the code <laughs> like <laughs> the code had the sexiest movies you know what they could get around it really well and i it's not that i didn't know it's just sometimes it's nice to remember casablanca <laughs> they had the sexiest like firework sequences and, like, trains going yeah. in the tunnels. To catch a thing. <laughs> North by yeah. Northwest is yeah. pretty sexy. <laughs> Design for Living is very sexy, but not... It, it's only sexy implicitly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of great older films like that. That's that's fun. I think we did yeah. this topic justice, I think Jackson. we did it. I don't think you have to despair. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, I, think, I think that's a podcast. Have we done a podcast? Yes. It's been an hour. Good job. Well done, everyone. Grand applause. Yay. Yay. Uh, before we go, Destiny, what are we? What movie are we watching next yes. month? Oh, my God. I forgot to pick well. one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nobody Y'all should watch The me. Lobster. The Lobster so It's good. so good. Oh, my God. What's the I think lobster? it's so romantic. It's so good. It is in such a strange way that made me it's like punch drunk love to me is one of the most romantic movies it's so in a strange mm, yeah i don't like i wrote a piece for fandor the lobster's a lot darker i wrote a piece we, for we, fandor for valentine's day about like the anti-romance film and the lobster and gone girl were the two films that i concentrated on nice that's hilarious i should just make you all watch ms 45 i would watch that i'm 
don't know what it is. That movie's great. Uh, if you don't want to like settle um, on one now, we I, we can just do one later. Uh, yeah, I can announce it on I'll, Twitter. I'll get back to you. I'm so sorry. I completely spaced it was my turn. Like, all excited to talk to y'all about Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. And totally well, spaced that's it okay. my turn. Uh, where can we find everyone on the internet? Uh, as the guest, Shannon, where, where are you online? On the onlines? If you go on YouTube and you type in, so you want to be a film nerd, are you type in Strucci Movies? You can find me. I'm on Twitter at Plenty of Alcoves and at Strucci Movies, S-T-R-U-C-C-I. And that's where you can find me. Cool. Kyle, where are you? Yay. You can find me on Twitter at Tyle Kerner, T-Y-L-E-K-U-R-N-E-R. And you can I write around on the on the internet about movies and other things sometimes. And my portfolio is at tylekerner.tumblr.com. <clears throat> I think that's it. And Shannon, I kept reading your handle as like plenty of uh what's that green um vegetable that's like spears of like Asp- asparagus. asparagus. Yeah, I kept reading it as plenty of asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's the it's the scene from En Bruges where they're talking to the Russian guy and he's talking about the alcohol. Yes. Oh yeah. That's a good cop. That's a good cop. I was gonna ask you. I was like, "Is that from Imbruge?" Oh, Imbruge is my favorite film. I love Imbruge. I could go on forever. Imbruge kind of imprinted on me it's in a way few movies really have. wonderful. It meant a lot to me, especially I was not in a happy place when I oh. saw it, and it helped me out a lot. And I still, I watched, I watched it a bunch of times. And the first time I was ever on a podcast, that's what I talked about, and I just like gushed about it. Yeah, uh, forever. I was. It's like, pretty rare. Oh, I, I saw it when it came out, so I must have been about 15, 14. I don't know. Uh, but just me as a kid, the, the ending of that movie hit, like, the ending of, like, no movie ever will because I'm too old now to have something hit that hard. Mm-hmm. But, oh. I saw oh, it in a... I, too I old, it honey. To, I was in a film club at my first college, and I was like, it's a funny, dark comedy. And at the end, my friend turned to me with, like, tears yeah. in her eyes. She's like, you said it was a comedy. I was like, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> make people watch young adult and be like it's a goofy comedy guys <laughs> um destiny where can we find you at fridge buzz now on twitter that is all one word and uh i talk about junk culture with ria dowhauer on the podcast badland girls which is uh at badlandgirls.com also on itunes and wherever you get your fresh podcasts and I'm on or Abnormal Mapping with you, Jackson. Yeah. Talking about the video games. You can find me at HeadfulsOff on Twitter. Uh, HeadfulsOff.com for a bunch of stuff. I'm on Goof Zone with Destiny soon again. Yes, we need to record yep. Goof Zone. I'm, I'm done. It's just so hard I'm done with the uni in about two weeks. So, two, three weeks. Okay, I'm patient. Uh, and um, I... What else am I on? I've, have I forgotten something? I guess Abnormal Mapping, that's it. Uh, at com. <laughs> that's it yeah that's it you know that's, that's the way you can find me good job go home have fun be safe drink your Ovaltine I don't know goodbye <laughs> <laughs>